0: 97X, the future of rock and roll with San Diego's own Beat Farmers and The Girl I Almost Married. That was the last of the 47 songs in a row, all part of Rocktober on 97X. We'll be cranking and yanking it at Follett's Miami Bookstore this Saturday with our own Phil Manning. Phil, who fills the airwaves Manning, as he'll have tickets to Blues Traveler, plus some 97X trinkets like Nine Inch nail Box Cutters, Squirrel Nut Zippers Put a Lid on It, Can Covers, exciting stuff with Phil. Manning at Fallout's Miami bookstore Dave, in Oxford. Yes. Dave,
1: wow. Uh-huh. You, you, like you really, really got a serious case of PTSD, I think, this time because like, October. You, you, you went deep. You were cranking and yanking it. And so uh, mm-hmm. I'm glad that we're socially distant for this recording. Um, we're not on the air at 97X anymore. We just do a podcast, Rumblings from the Big Bush, where we talk I got about a double those big.
0: I got a double shot of Social D coming up. <laughs>
1: Oh, okay, well then let it roll, baby, because I want to hear that. No, but the good news is Phil is still filling the airways. Phil Manning, our elusive, like elusive guest that we've been trying to track down since we started this thing, because he was our boss for for many years at ninety seven X. We finally tracked him down thanks to Jay Foreman, and Phil joins us. Phil, how you doing?
2: very good thanks for uh, uh thanks for doing this this is hilarious um i uh, i exited most of social media over the last several years and um rejoined linkedin recently and julie messaged me and alerted me to the podcast i've listened to probably wow, 10 15 episodes hilarious very funny stuff um so you're
1: you know the listener fun? that's good that's good to know dave we, we've got a listener now
0: i boosted you up <laughs> Oh, we're going to start charging more for our advertising. (laughs) Get a new book out there. Get Chris Adrian and Susan on that. The Chris Adrian episode
2: was awesome. That that, that dude has not changed one iota, and I love it.
1: (laughs) So so for for many years, the one and only salesperson not named Baylog at 97X. Yeah,
2: Yeah, and then uh, Susan Schreiber, and uh, remember Mm -hmm. uh, Joe Throckmorton?
1: Yes, Mm -hmm. yes. Well, actually, it's He Whose Name Shall Not Be Spoken. Because it Ooh. did not end well with Doug and he whose ah. name shall not be spoken. Pardon moi. Okay, <laughs> he got Falcon. <laughs> yes, he did. Yes, he did. Uh, don't f with that man.
2: Now, <laughs> Phil, um, like, go
1: ahead. If you could just walk us through uh, '97x, and I know beforehand, like y- you truly have a wonderful legacy of modern rock. You know, like like your career is just absolutely amazing so talk us through how you got to 97x all
2: right well thank you damian um uh, well grew up in chicago so got really turned on to listening to xrt back in the day and boy the eclecticism back then was mind-boggling you know from just the regular class you know the regular what's now classic rock deep cuts uh reggae soul blues uh the advent of new wave was a big deal there uh, at night they turned me on to punk rock music and just just the breadth and depth it was wonderful and at the same time it was all uh up and down the dial there it was in chicago it was you know I guess what you call butt rock or just kind of yeah. aoi staple so my i really got this thing in my head as i wanted to write the write the world of, on the fm dial of of bad music <laughs> um <laughs> So I interned there, 83, 84, and then uh, went to the University of Arizona and and did some uh, radio there as well. Uh, And then when I came back in in, uh, June, May, June of 88, uh, I think there were 13 stations across the country. So I sent my uh, sensationally average uh, air check out to all 13 of them and then just sat at my mom's kitchen table waiting. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, fortunately, in like June, I got a call from uh, Ron Poor, a.k.a. Jetson. Yes. And uh, I heard one of the past podcasts. I think you I think you were referencing Barb Abney. I can't remember as the uh, most uh, the best dressed to appear for an inter- in an interview. Yes, it was. My, I think I got her beat. I showed up in a seersucker suit. Uh,
0: I had that on my notes here.
2: <laughs> no idea how or why that even happened. Um, but I got uh, I interviewed with Jetson and uh, and uh, we you know, had a lot fair amount in common. Uh, hired me for Friday night overnight. It was one weekend overnight. Uh, and I'm like, oh, at like what, three thirty five an hour. Uh, 365 maybe but the money it doesn't matter the money never mattered right and then uh i said well uh you know yeah i'd love to move down in any way you might be i uh, know many people around might be able to help me get another job uh picks up the phone calls frank evie gets me a gig at evie's uh stocking on overnights uh picks up the phone calls uh who's the dude who owns looney looney t-birds oh i
0: know who you're talking about oh yeah, I, I know I who you're talking about yeah.
2: yeah i see his face anyways i got three jobs in one day there
1: <laughs> wow, I had no idea. So you were like stocking shelves overnights at Evie's just to do that one Friday night gig at ninety seven X.
0: Yeah, that's um, dedication, man.
2: Yeah. Well, I, that's what I wanted. I mean, I was really in love with the format. Never knew what it was going to ha- do. What it did. I mean, none of us did, right? You know, that was mm. such a cultural moment in the in the early nineties. Uh, so I moved down for that one air shift, and you know. Uh, so afterwards, they say, uh, Jetson said, go train, go, go train on the board with Mr. K. Wow. Um, and we got to talk. And he goes, he goes, y- you need to put some real clothes on here, kid. You to take the <laughs> seersucker suit off. <laughs> so fortunately, I, had, I think I'd probably change in, in fact, I did change in the gas station across the street when I got to OXY to put the seersucker suit on. <laughs> so I went to the bathroom at OXY. Um, they did have a bathroom then. <laughs> um, and I uh, put my shorts on. He trained me on the board. And he's like, well, what are you going to do? Where are you going to live? I'm like, I don't know. I'll figure it out as I go. He goes, I got a room. I live in Hamilton. I got a room in my house. And he was him. And that uh, who was that crazy engineer always painted his toenails?
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, I forgot about him. He left.
2: Yeah, I know. I know who you're talking about. God. Yeah, he was. He was a, a funny dude, curmudgeon, totally. Painted his toenail, drank Jenny Cream Ale all day. <laughs> uh, so I lived with Mister K for a couple of months, and then I met up with uh, Jeff Dreeves, who worked at uh, Looney T-Birds, and we got a place. I think. It, I think I was paying 125 a month uh, each of us to live in a you know little two bedroom joint. That was funny. Uh, and then from there. Uh, uh, you know, life is luck and timing. Uh, Planet X, uh, which, which was hosted by Robin Plant, created and hosted, moder- uh, curated by Robin Plant, um, went away or was taken off the air, mm-hmm. and Robin was moved to middays, um, and they or they offered me the overnight position.
0: That, that was sure. a great programming
2: move to move Robin. <laughs> Robin would really connect with those midday folks. That was That's a sure. great programming move. Well, I remember they did a, like a lunch show or whatever, and she'd throw Coltrane on every couple of days. I'm like, <laughs> what's going on here? But she had a she had a monster album collection, and I remember it was a, it was in the production room, uh, and I remember me and Brett Hartz would constantly go in there after our shifts and throw tape record tip throw cassettes in and tape all her all her albums you know because we didn't know how long she was going to be there we know that she was not happy moving to midday because planet x was her you know it was her baby yeah so i remember taping the whole meat puppets catalog and all these other great great records um and then uh jetson left a couple months later and then i was Air, air quotes, acting program director. Yeah, I didn't know much about what to do. I remember being, uh, I remember my first ad was a fairground attraction. Don't even remember the song. <laughs> uh, so they did a search for a PD and in came
0: Carrie Gray. That's, That's who hired me. Carrie Gray. Hired me. Good
1: morning. <laughs> uh,
2: 14 cups of coffee a day.
0: Oh my what god. Energy that dude was. Um, um, okay, so so Carrie Gray. Yeah, so
2: Carrie uh, so hired Carrie uh, so was hired, and then I was named music director, uh, did overnights and music director, which was, you know, oh, talk oh, about man. sleep deprivation, you know. Midnight to six, go to sleep, back in by noon, probably three days a week to do music directory stuff where there was a music meeting, talk with the record labels. Whatever else had to be done, you know. I mean, our you know, we seemed that we were the hardest part of working there was trying to put fifteen hours of work into a ten hour day for all of us, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Try to get some semblance of a personal life, but you know, which didn't matter that much because we were so entwined and tangled with the radio station. Um and then I was uh and then I was named PD after Carrie I, left.
0: Yeah, that's the way yes, we like right. to say it.
2: I'm not sure how that happened. Yeah. Um, but he liked to uh, poke the pig, stir the pot. He had his own vision of things. Um, I do re- recall, you know, what, there's a bar down the street north of Waxie on College Corner Pike. I think it was like in an old house.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like, like a barn or something, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, it yeah. was a bar.
2: Can't remember the name of for the life of me, but uh, Carrie and I spent two or three nights there really reimagining the entire library. And the clocks and all that stuff. That's when we introduced uh, ultra the categories: ultra core, core, young seed.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, we added in a bunch of music that hadn't been in prior either. Like we wanted to really encompass the the history of modern rock slash alternative slash whatever it was called. So we I remember I recall adding in like uh, Velvet Underground uh, and some Roxy music and some things into some other historical things that were. Uh, maybe not played or played as often or in any type of consistent rotation. Then we introduced that, uh, or maybe reintroduced that card catalog. Um, um, and then I, w- I always remember looking behind the board, you know, behind the glass visor, the windshield, where we're like, hey, when, how'd that Flesh for Lulu card get there? Look, <laughs> <Yeah>. Love <laughs> the Jezebel card. It's been there for three weeks. Yeah. Uh, I may have put the Flesh for Lulu card back
0: there. <laughs> <laughs> You're the one.
2: Yeah, right. right. Uh, so so. I, was at, uh, I was PD for, what, four, four and a half years? Um, till December of 94 when I left. Uh, the format, as you guys know, in 92, 3
1: was just exploding. Blew up. Uh, yeah, mainly okay. because of the guy that was working overnights at that time, that Damien guy. <laughs> Damien guy, <right. laughs> yeah. so,
2: uh, oh. oh, and maybe
1: got- Nirvana. They had a little bit to do with it.
2: A little bit, yeah. Which to us, you know, I was just listening to the Rob Irvin one. Um, I recall that we didn't play a ton of it. It was it was Day part. We were much more melodic station. That was pretty, you know.
1: Yeah,
2: you know, tonal at the time. I mean, it was out there for us, for for us at the time. We were slightly more adult. I recall the seven p plus Day Part. It may have loosened. It, it probably loosened over time. But it certainly wasn't morning
1: drive material for us, you know. Um, Sorry, and I in, then, interrupted your train of thought there. Yeah, that's yeah, right. you said the, the the format was blowing up. It truly was, like in the, in yeah. the early mid early nineties.
2: And I I put in my time, you know. Um, I loved it, and I and I it was what I wanted to happen. Nationally, started happening, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were there for the love, not for the money. Uh, in fact, I remember a funny story when uh, I it was raised. Time must have been I don't know ninety two ninety three. And I uh, got pulled into Doug's office. Yep, me and Dave were smoking the pipe, Philo. Want to congratulate you on your doing a great job as program director. Want to let you know, you'll be the first program director, WOXY history, to make over twenty thousand a year.
1: Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes,
2: it was awesome. Loved it, you know. Um. And we'll, we'll talk about doug later because that you know the man means so much to all of us in many mm-hmm. different ways um so i got a job at uh, the end in cleveland um and then i just became this uh, vagabond a radio vagabond uh partly because there were i had pedigree in the format the format was taken off and i guess mm-hmm. they were looking for people with you know experience which i did have at that time probably one a few people with multiple years program director experience uh and music knowledge and alternatives so i was mm-hmm. To Cleveland for 10 months, and then I went to Pittsburgh to uh, st- help start a station called The Revolution, right. which is where I actually hired Allie Castellini yes. to do uh, middays. She was my music director as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a really fun station, So was Cle- as was Cleveland, but it only lasted seven months because it was in the middle of deregulation, and they were trading radio stations like baseball cards. Mm-hmm. And we got flipped and traded for a couple stations in New York, a couple stations in Seattle, and they were flipping us to uh, smooth jazz, frankly. And that was just not my jam. Jazz is jazz is a jam, but not smooth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I was out. On, I was out of a gig. I met David Field from Entercom, the CEO, um, and he off, actually offered me the opportunity to program KISW in Seattle, which was a, a rock station. And I said, you know, I said. I appreciate that, David, but I'm just going to be listening to the end the whole time. No, I I couldn't put my heart into it. Um, Hooked up with a station in Los Angeles that was uh, going against K-Rock. It was a trimal cast. Uh, Had three different signals, uh, sort of, kind of covered most of L.A. Uh, Was really a pain in K-Rock's ass for a hot minute. Um, uh, Wasn't crazy about the guy who hired me. He was a little too... um,
0: Sticky. uh,
2: Oh, uh, just micromanage, just micromanage city uh, and got the call from Jacobs Media about the end in Seattle uh, job being open and then uh, really was able to, to forge a career, the career there, the culmination of all that, all the prior eight, nine years and spent uh, 10 and a half years at the end in Seattle, uh, resigned from there, uh, just had enough. Uh, it, I think I had enough of it and it had enough of me. Uh, and then got a job at 91X in San Diego, the legendary, for uh, two years. Uh, October of 08 uh, hit and budget cuts like crazy. And you can imagine what an off-air program director meant at that point in time. So I was axed there. Uh, and then finished up my last two, two and a half years of radio at, at an adult hit station in um, Phoenix, which was uh, equal parts fun, equal parts misery. Um, and then I, uh, I got let go there um, trying to pay attention to two masters is like having uh one foot on the pier and one foot on the boat uh i fell in the water so um you know i just just stopped i just stopped you know i had a kid my life changed i changed immensely the music changed the format Mm. changed um you know we all know how many what the uh uh the the best-selling flavor of ice cream is it happens to be vanilla yep. <laughs> And that's exactly what radio became it mm-hmm. became uh eight colors and not the 64 color crayola box with a sharpener in the back mm-hmm. um so it became tedious and you know it was revitalizing to me but it's also probably a, you know a professional suicide as i've been you know having some you know been barely kind of barely working for many of the for four or five of the past ten years is kind of uh, underemployed, but that—that's—that's that's not the story. <laughs> yeah, we need a couch uh. for that one.
1: <laughs> um, well, well, it's it's you know it's tough being uh, a dude of a certain age, you know, in in the job market outside of radio, but you know because yep. it's just like too much experience and then it's like oh yeah you know like you can't can't afford you or whatever Hey, I've, yeah i've seen you've had a lot of jobs in the last seven years <laughs> yeah um but when i look back
0: at, at at um the time at wxy from the beginning when it started in the early 80s to when it when it did its last gas online down in texas i, I think damien and i talked about this before kind of like Saturday Night Live, I'm not comparing us to that, but there was like certain eras. There was like, you know, the, the Mr. K, the JJ, you know, era. And then and then um, the Carrie Gray, uh, Phil Manning, a little bit of me era. And then it went into like Kevin Cole and a few others that went in after that. And then Mike Taylor kind of took it back over again with Shiv. Um, you and I, actually all three, but Phil and I start because I started late '88 part-time. We watched that format just explode. We went from, like you said, we could get away with playing Coltrane, you know, even though it was two in the morning or two in the afternoon. Um, and then the next thing you know, we're competing with, you know, W.E.B.N. and W.T.U.E. and the big wazoo because, you know, Cake is on that station now, too.
2: You know, I and mean, Z.
0: Remember Channel Z? Oh, yes. Channel Z. Oh, yeah. yes.
2: It, prom- it prompted us to not
0: play that song by the B-52s. Yes. <laughs> That's <right>. I forgot <laughs> about that. That ultra
1: that ultra core song got scratched right yeah. out. And Fred I, Schneider I has that. never forgiven us.
2: <laughs> I knew when our generation's moment arrived was when I would hear. Uh, losing my religion as bumper music on WLW, coming out of spots back into the news. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, you're right about that. Yeah, um, and then seeing R.E.M., you know, I remember, I don't know, Doug, Doug Spring for the limo, or was that label limo? we all, we, a bunch of us went to see R.E.M. at the Coliseum, I guess,
1: and it was just
0: <laughs> pow, act. I, I worked the I had to work the shift that time. So yeah, I, I, totally I, I was make taking make out film. the
1: trash that night, so <laughs> I, uh, I, I couldn't I, make it. I didn't get any limo at ninety seven X, Phil. That was that part of your
0: twenty k bonus, the limo.
1: <laughs> Jeez, and he worked at Dave. He worked at out. a station in L A. that had three signals. Like that's two and a half more than ninety seven X had.
2: Remember, in the, in summertime, we'd sit there with the door open. Looking at the storms coming in and taking bets on to the, as to the minute that we would be knocked off the air because we didn't have a backup transmitter. Four twenty-eight. No, no, four thirty-five. That that cloud's going west. We're good.
1: And we and we actually talked about Dave and I have talked about too. Like in the actual air studio, you had to spray Scotchgard like on yourself and the carpet, or else you would like uh, shock the board and short out the whole thing.
2: Yeah, things that were on would go off, off would go on. Uh-huh. <laughs> Remember, um, we had like one, maybe two cart machines, and we'd have uh, like six or seven spots we'd have to run, and we'd be juggling cards, <laughs> juggling cards. And then if you didn't fast forward the card, it would be you know you would get in big oh, trouble because yeah. be, you know it would be dead. Oh
0: man, that was there was some, that was funny.
1: You it know, sounds like you got I some PTSD. <laughs> uh, I,
0: I knew the format made it big when when playing at the petty show. Was on the People's Choice Countdown.
1: <laughs> what a great song that was, Phil. Do you Do you still have
0: that somewhere? I don't. Do you? No, I do not. I, yeah. I was hoping you saved that cart.
2: Uh, you know, I that said I have approximately seventy five cassettes of the station, and it could be on one of those. And I have not listened to them in thirty five. Excuse me, thirty five years. Um, they're sitting in the basement, so it could be on one of
0: those. Yeah. Yeah. So for, for
2: those that don't know,
1: did you,
0: Dave, what did you write the lyrics for that? No, I, uh, I'm the one who put it together. You know, you recorded it all. Then I bumped it down to the cart.
2: Playing We thought it was a big sellout that he was, that the, placement, yeah. the placements were opening for Petty. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah.
1: exactly. Selling out. We're, here we go. Playing at yeah. the Petty Show. <laughs> Petty Show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we are pretty staunch,
2: weren't we? I, yeah. I remember like, we kind of laughed at the first Pearl Jam record on mm-hmm. Epic. We we're like, oh, that's like this. Big AOR riff thing. It's like yeah. I don't know about this. In fact, I don't even think we played it. And then Epic, the record label, they said to us, uh, "Hey, uh, if you want, if you had the record, we'll give you the opportunity for some listeners and you guys to play basketball uh, against Pearl Jam." We're like, "See you later." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look what they, they turned into! This, you know, like they're like the Grateful Dead of our generation now. You know, yeah. one of the best live acts out there, and they're still uh, doing it, adored, adored by tens of millions. I remember Lala a couple years after when the Beasties headlined, and uh, Brian McDonald, the record rep from Capitol at the time, took me side stage, and all the uh, Woxie beach, beach Balls were just boom, 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 <laughs> like popcorn in, in the yeah. um, in the pit. And uh, Mike D comes uh, comes to the side of the stage. He goes, Brian, Brian, go to the go to the dressing room and get my driver. And it, you know, I can't do Brooklyn. Sorry. Yeah. So we go to the dressing room and we get his driver, his golf club, and he takes it. and He starts hitting beach balls <laughs> back into, there, into the back <laughs> so, um, so of
0: the Moments you never forget. You know, Doug, Doug cultivated a good team to do that kind of stuff. It was a good
2: team. Yeah, we all everybody, everybody definitely had uh, strength, and we all worked to them, and it all coalesced into one super strength.
0: Will Phil Manny reveal deep dark secrets of his hockey playing past? Will Damian finally paint his dungeon basement? We'll find out more next podcast time, same podcast station. 97X.
1: Now, boys, uh, the network has a problem with some of your lyrics. Would you mind changing them for the show? Forget you, clown. Hey, our lyrics are like our children, man. No way. Well, okay. But here, will you say, what I got, you gotta get and put it in you? How about just, what I'd like is, I'd like to hug and kiss you. Wow. That's much better. Everyone can enjoy that. Rumblings
0: from the big bush.